Thank you, Jesus' mighty name. Hey, if you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring time, you, what, what do you mean by reoccurring time? You have been here time and time again, but you have yet to make a decision to be a part of what God is doing here. If that's you, first, second, and reoccurring guest, would you lift your hand for my sake? Just wave at me. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen. You're not a guest. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, when you send your kids off to college, they're still not guessing your house. Amen. <laughs> they still go through your cabinets and your refrigerator. Amen. Still, yeah, still bring their clothes home to wash. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for being here this morning to all of our online guests this morning. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. For our guests here in the sanctuary, if you did not receive a blue card upon your entry, that is our connect card. Would you keep your hand lifted until you receive that card? I would ask that you would fill it out. On the back of that card is a place for comments as well as prayer requests. We would love to be standing and touching in agreement in prayer with you. So if you would, fill that card out. If you have received that card, make sure you turn it in at the end of service on today. Amen. Let's get into the word of God this morning. Amen. We've been in the midst of this sermon series entitled Messy. Many of you probably have been wondering why we blotted out the S in the mess. It simply says my eternal savior, Yahweh. You got to know that today that throughout all your messiness and as messy as you are, you have an eternal savior. And his name is Yahweh. Somebody shout you messy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you so messy. Shout back at him and say, but he still loves me. He still, he still loves me. With your messy self. Hear this. Hear this. You need friends in your life right now. That will see your mess, but won't be messy with your mess. You need friends in your life who will see the mess that you're in, but they won't be messy to tell everybody else about the mess you're in. You, you don't need just faithful friends because you got faithful friends who will show up to see the mess, but they'll go back and broadcast the mess. You don't need faithful friends in this season. You need faith-filled friends who will believe God that will come into your life. And straighten your mess out. I need some faith-filled friends in this season. Thank God for the faithful friends. But just because you're faithful for me, that ain't enough. Because you can be faithful showing up, but don't bring nothing. <laughs> Y'all quiet. You, you can be faithful to show up and just cause all kind of drama. You're just faithful in messiness. I don't need faithful people. I don't need faithful people in relationships. I need faith-filled relationships. People who are going to pray with me, intercede with me, stand for me, cover me. That's the kind of people I need in my life right now. I know you've been here 15, 20 years, and we shot marbles in the, in the dirt together and all that, and you know, all, nah, 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 nah. Can you pray? Can you slay some giants on my behalf? 
Are you willing to go to the battlefield and whip out the slingshot when everybody else is running away? Would you stand with me? Will we stand together? Or you just be faithful enough to show up and say, I came, but I'm gone. Need some faith filled friends when things get hard and things get tough. They're going to hang on in there. That's the kind of people you need in your life. Ask your neighbor right quick. Say, are you that type of person? They lied to you. Ask the other neighbor. Say, are you that type of person? That's what I need. Tell your neighbor, that's what I'm looking for in this season. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I, I don't want you just to see my mess. I want you to help me clean it up. Because if I could have cleaned it up all by myself, I would have done it a long time ago. If I could have fixed it, I would have fixed it a long time ago. I'm tired of the consequences of my mess. I, I, I could have fixed it a long time ago, but evidently I didn't have the wherewithal to do it all myself. I need some people who will see the mess and just go ahead and sweep it up. So when I come back to the mess, what happened to my mess? Oh, I took care of that for you. Don't worry. See, that's the kind of friend you should be to your friends. Somebody shout, cover me. Yeah, I need you to cover me in my mess. So in the midst of this, messy, as I'm trying to bring it to a close, but the Lord keeps speaking, my eternal Savior, Yahweh, messy. Let's go to the word of God on this morning. Grab in your Bibles, 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse number 14. 2 Chronicles, chapter number 7, verse number 14. While you're there, also stick a finger there and grab 1 John. 1 John, chapter number 3, verse number 1. As you're looking, please stand to your feet in reverence of the reading of God's word. 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse number 14. Hold the finger there, park there, drive over to 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 1. I feel somebody tugging on the anointed this morning. Somebody had a high expectation. You come expecting God is sure enough to give you what you're expecting for. Just hear my spirit is he's working it out. He's working it out. He's working it out. You can't see his hand nor trace his hand, but his hand is still moving. He's working it out. He saw your cries, heard your tears, saw your tears, heard your cries. He's working it out. He's working it out. He's working it out. I feel that strong. I don't know who that's for this morning, but he's working it out. Don't give up on God. He's working it out. I know it seems to be right at the end. Ah, oh God. Shakarabasha. You're right at the brink of it. Thinking, oh, God, if you don't show up now, it ain't going to happen. He's working it out. He's working it out, man. He's working it out. Don't give up. Don't give up. This time won't be like the last time. This time won't be like the last time. It won't turn out how you perceive it. To, this time won't be like the last time. Stay walking with him. 
You don't have to go back to the old way of doing things. You don't have to turn back to the old manner of means. Trust God. Father, now stretch your hands. I feel the glory of God in this place. Father, now in the name of Jesus. Ah, it's all on you. It's on you. In the name of Jesus. We break every demonic spirit and stronghold off of her life now in the name of Jesus. We declare restoration and reconciliation now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, God, that you are a restorer of all things. And Father, even though she had laid her life down at the altar, she picked it up. But today she give it back to you in the name of Jesus. Every vice, every stronghold, every shackle be broken now in the name of Jesus. God, to whom much is forgiven, loveth much. In the name of Jesus, woman, where are thou accusers? Go and sin no more. In the name of Jesus, God, we bless you and God, we give you glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen and amen. God, we give you glory, and God, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty in the name of Jesus, God, we give you glory, and we give you praise. Jesus' mighty name. Mm. My God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Second Chronicles chapter number seven. Ah, Jesus. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah. Bless your name, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Bless your name, Father. Bless your name, Father. Instead of being a spectator at this moment, go ahead and be a celebrator. Go ahead and clap your hands for what God is doing. Come on, celebrate. Come on, celebrate. Celebrate, celebrate. Come on, celebrate. Come on, give him a pre-praise. Give him praise in advance. You hadn't gotten it yet, but go ahead and celebrate like you got it. It hadn't happened yet, but go ahead and celebrate like it already happened. Come on, celebrate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get caught up in spectation. And we begin to assume, man, what they're going through. Why they crying out like that? And we started to try to determine what's happening at that moment. Just get out yourself and just celebrate at that moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we bless you. And God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. Second Chronicles. Chapter number seven. Verse number 14. First John chapter number three. I'm going to forgo our faith declaration on this morning for the sake of time. But I feel this scripture is very poignant to this moment. This scripture speaks to the now moment of which we're in. If my people, which are called by my name, is Apostles translation, will bow down and humble themselves will get out of their flesh, get out of their way. Lower themselves in the presence of God. And pray. But it will cry out to God. Wouldn't mind crying out to God in the midst of people. Will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their mess, their sins, and I will heal the land. Not the topography, not geography, but I will heal the land. I'm not going to make sure that the earth is settled so vegetation can pop forth. No, I'm going to heal the land. Touch yourself and say, I'm the land. People will call by my name, would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven and I'll make sure that their bodies are healed, that their sins are forgiven. Say, call by my name. I'll heal the land. Somebody shout, He's healing me. 
The word of God declares in 1 John chapter number 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. What kind of love is, ask your neighbor, what kind of love is this? That the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. Because it knew him not. Somebody shout, he knows me. Father, now in the name of Jesus, you know my mess. But you still know me and love me in Jesus' mighty name. Shout amen. amen. On your way to your seat, tell your neighbor you're messy, but he still loves you. Come on. He, you're messy, but he still loves you. You're messy, but he still loves you. He still loves you. What, what type of love is this? <laughs> what kind of love is this? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What kind of love is this? crazy love that you love all this messiness what kind of love watch this live life not to be known by the world but to be known of him you have to live your life not to be known by the world but to be known of him not just to be known by him but to be known of him because it's one thing to be known by him means that he has some kind of recollection of or some kind of recognition of who you are. But I am known of him. So therefore, people know who I belong to. Not that he just know me, but I'm known of him. You got to live your life to be known of him. So when people see you, they don't just know your name. They know Who's your name attached to? I'm known of him. Yeah, we all are known for some stuff, but are you known for God? So in this sermon series, we're going to try to get to it and try to get out the way. Uh, But I want to talk to you real briefly from the thought, came in whole, but I limped out with the blessing. Oh, God. I came into this thing whole, but I'm leaving out with a limp and a blessing. I, I, I came into it all together, all together lovely, all together wonderful, but I'm leaving out with a limp and a blessing. For me, a passage of scripture, we know of the life saga of Jacob and how he lived and how Jacob came into being and all that he had done in his life. Jacob lived a messy life. He made a mess of things. But he had a God who is a mess cleaner. So we see in Genesis chapter number 25, verse number 21, Isaac, as I give you backdrop, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayers. And his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant Isaac, at the time he married, Rebecca was 40 years old. Uh, it's not too late for some of y'all. Amen. Hallelujah. He married Rebecca when he was 40. And she became pregnant 
20 years later. <laughs> ah, while she was pregnant, the babies inside of her were twins, and the babies jostled, each within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations, somebody shout two. Two nations are in your womb, and the two people, peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Underline your Bible, that in your Bible. Draw an arrow to the outside margin and write prophetic. God is making a prophetic declaration of what's to come. Under prophetic, put promise. Because God has given a promise. He's declaring what's to come, prophetic, yet he's also giving a promise that the older shall serve the younger. And when the time came for her to give birth, there were two boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob, trickster, supplanter, schemer, conniving, hustler, pimp, joker. Y'all quiet. And Isaac was 60 years old. When Rebecca gave birth to them. 20 years. Somebody shout 20. 20 years. It took for this to come to pass. She gave birth when she was 60. 20 years. 20 years is a, a number you want to mark down. And remember this because as we go through the discord of this text. You're going to notice that 20 is a very prominent number. In this text. 20. Somebody shout 20. So, so here it is. I don't care how long you've been fighting, waiting for the blessing of God. You don't have to fight to give what God has already promised you. Oh, y'all better hear that this morning. You don't have to fight. I don't care if it's been 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years. You don't have to fight for what God has already promised you. While they were wrestling in her mother's womb, God had already made a declaration. He already prophetically proclaimed what is to come. And here they are fighting and wrestling for something God had already promised. Jacob and Esau are wrestling. Watch this for the birthright inside of the mother's womb. What is the birthright? The birthright is he that comes out first. The firstborn, the first child gets the double portion of the inheritance of the father. So they're wrestling inside the mother's womb for the birthright to come out first. Esau must got the best of him. He must have staggered Jacob in the womb. And that's all Jacob could do is just reach out and say, reach out and touch. Somebody's heel. Esau comes out first. Jacob is in second. But Jacob was fighting for something that he didn't even have to fight for. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you're finding yourself in a fight. 
for something that God has already promised you. You struggling and striving, conniving, hooking and crooking, trying to get something that God has already promised you. Oh, God, help us, Lord. So here it is. We're going to fast forward through the life of Jacob. And in the life of Jacob, we see Jacob goes through a lot of twists and turns, a lot of scheming, a lot of scams to get what God has already promised him. We know Esau was the favorite of the father and Jacob was the favorite of the mother. Esau was a skilled hunter. He was a gamer. Jacob was a house. I was about to say something. My bad. Jacob was a mama's boy. Hung out with his mama. He was a cook in the kitchen. He was very good at what he did. And one day, Esau comes in very hungry. He's vanished from all of this hunting out in the woods. And, and, and Jacob takes advantage of the moment to try to get something that God had already promised him. Y'all keep up with me. And he says, sell me your birthright. In other words, give me what I fought for in our mother's womb, but I lost. Sell me your birthright for a bowl of porridge. Esau says, well, you know, it ain't no good to me now anyway. Go ahead, take it. I don't care. I'm too hungry to even argue with you. Matter of fact, I've been fighting for you for nine months. I'm not ready to fight right now. So go ahead and have it. Remember, the birthright is a double portion of the inheritance. It is what every, every, every child hopes to obtain and achieve is the birthright because they get a double portion of whatever the father has and the rest of what the father has is now distributed amongst the rest. It is what, watch, it is what the prodigal son went after his father was for the birthright. Give me my inheritance now. Give me what belongs to me now. Because I know... My older brother has the birthright, but I just want the right to what's mine right now. So he sells him the birthright. Then that wasn't enough. Somebody shout, that's not enough. Jacob wanted more. Not only did he want the birthright, but he wanted the blessing. Can I tell that to you today? It's not enough just to have the birthright, but you need the blessing. Some of us have the birthright, has the double portion, but you don't have the blessing to maintain the double portion. So the stuff you're asking for from God now, God said, I can give it to you, but can you maintain it? The blessing is the power of which you have to operate in the birthright and to make sure that the birthright now can last from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation. It is the blessing that you need from God. It's not enough to have stuff. You got to have the blesser of the stuff. And he, he says, I need the blessing. So he, he and his mother come together and they scheme to get the blessing. Goes before his father dressed up like his brother. 
sprays on perfume so he can smell like his brother, put hairy arms, hair upon his arms so he can feel like his brother, deepens his voice so he can even sound like his brother. You know he's going through a whole lot just to get the blessing. He's doing a whole lot of stuff. Can I tell you something? If you got to do all that just to get it, then you don't deserve it. If you got to go through all that just to get what God has, you don't deserve what God has for you. If you got a hook, skin, connive, and all that to get God's blessing, you might as well leave it at the altar. It is the same with our salvation. We go to God scheming and hooking with God like, you know, God, if you do this, then I'll do that. Y'all, y'all got quiet on that one. God, I'll go to church every Sunday if you just get me out this fix. I'll pray more and read more. Y'all remember hugging that porcelain god at one point, calling Earl? (laughs) God, if you get me through this drunkenness now, I'll never drink again. Y'all going to happy hour? Count me in. So that night in Genesis chapter number 32, that night Jacob got up and he took his two wives because Jacob had schemed so much he had to run from his own brother because he stole everything. So now he's at Laban's house and now he's even running from Laban, which is his father-in-law. And as he's running from Laban, he hears wind of Esau coming to kill him. And that night Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. Jabbok is a place of transition. Place of transition. And after he had sent them across the stream, he went over, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Jacob was all by himself. And a man, somebody shouted in a man. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And a man wrestled with him at daybreak. When? When he was left all by himself. All alone. He finds himself alone with God. And he's wrestling. Now catch this, 20. Somebody shout 20. So for 20 years, it took for... Jacob to come into manifestation out of his mother's womb. But not only 20 years did it take for Jacob to come into manifestation. But once he does 20 years, he's really wrestling with God for 20 years. Because up to this very moment, if you study the historical context of this text, 20 years it takes from Jacob's birth to now being left alone wrestling with God is a span of 20 years. It's at this moment, Jacob is wrestling with God, of which he had been wrestling with God 20 years. This wrestling did not just start this night. It's been all his life he's been wrestling with God. Wrestling with God. Watch. Over his own identity. Wrestling with God over his own promise and his blessing. Wrestling with God. And watch, as they wrestle, the word wrestle is to, to jostle, but it's also to cleave. Now, this, this word, as, as this word cleave, it's, it's a strange word because in our English uh, translation of this word uh, cleave, it's the same word but has the opposite meaning of the same thing. 
One word, but has an opposite meaning of itself. It's, it's what we call a, a genius word, an auto-antonymity. It, it has an opposite meaning of itself. So to cleave means to strike or cut apart or sever with a sharp instrument. But at the same time, to separate, it also means to hold on tightly to. To cleave. Either you're going to separate or you're going to hold on tight to. So this night he's wrestling with God. He's not trying to separate himself, even though for 20 years he was separated from God. But it's at this moment now he's going to cleave to God. He's holding on to God. Oh, I want to tell somebody today, for all your life, you've been trying to separate some things. But God says in this season, you need to hold tight to some things. And, and he's holding tight to God. And when the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched him in the socket of Jacob's hip. So that the hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for his daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you. I won't let you go unless you. Y'all better help me preach. I won't let you go until you. I'm fighting you for a blessing of which you already blessed me with. Don't fight to get the blessing. Hold on to God and he'll gladly bless you. He touched Jacob's hip, gave him a limp. The limp is a sign of your mess. Most limps in life come from some mess. You're limping now from a car accident. The wreckage, the carnage of that wreck was a mess. Your limp is a sign of the mess. Not only that, but your limp is a sign of your lack. Your lack. For 20 years, Jacob wrestled with God because of the mess he got himself into. So God gave him a limp as a reminder of that mess, but not only to give him a limp to remind him of that mess, but to give him a reminder of his lack, his lack of trust and faith in God. His lack of identity in God. Watch. Watch what happens. He says the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Now watch. 20 years ago from this moment, Jacob's father, Isaac, asked him the same question. When he tried to trick his father out of the blessing, he comes to his father and dressed like his brother in Genesis chapter number 27. And it says he went into his father and said, Father, yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. 20 years ago, he didn't know who he was. He had to try to trick his father Tried to be somebody else just to get what God had promised him already. 
some of y'all up under a wrong name. Y'all up under alias now. You, 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 you know, you got all these nicknames and these other names that you're using now. And God says, I can't bless you because I don't know who you are at this moment. You know, and, and you're coming in disguised as somebody else. And God saying, who are you? I don't know you. Who are you? You you feel like my daughter. You smell like her. Your voice sounds similar to his, but who are you? Jacob didn't know who he was. So he tried to trick his father. So now as he's wrestling with God, God has asked him the same question. Jacob, who are you? Ask your neighbor, who are you? God wants to know who you are this morning. God wants to know who you are this morning. Are you a child of the most high God? Or are you just a pretender? Or are you just wearing a mask, masquerading around as a child of God? Are you just a pretender, one who comes in and you shout the part, look the part? We're not living out the part. Oh, we got mask on. But who are we under the mask? And he says, it's Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of this of my game so that watch. You may give me your blessing. I did all of this just to get the blessing. I, I, I did all of this to get what you had already promised me. If I would have just waited on the promise. Somebody shout wait. If I would have only waited on the promise, then I wouldn't have been separated from my family. I wouldn't have been tricked by my father-in-law. I wouldn't have been running away from my brother if I only would have waited on the promise. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Because the life Jacob lived is terrible. That's a mess. I, I can't let you have that credit no more. We're giving you a new name. But Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome, Jacob says, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then watch. He blessed him there. He had to change his name before the blessing came. Thank God, y'all missed that. He had to clean up his mess before he gave him the blessing. He had to give him a new name because he couldn't assign the blessing to the old name because the old name would have messed up the blessing, so he had to give him a new name. So now with the new name, he can do some things newly. See, some of y'all crying out for the blessing of God, but God says you... You're trying to get that up under your old name. Don't you know your credit, credit jacked up? <laughs> you can't get that with that name. So he had to change his name before he even blesses him. Some of you are asking God to bless you, but God says, what's your name first? I need you to first be honest with me. Who are you? I want to bless you, but I want to bless the right person. <laughs> are you trying to get me to bless the old you or the new you? For he that is in Christ, all things, but behold, beloved, all things become, are you living the old man or are you walking in the new man? 
Because I want to bless you. But I need to know who I'm blessing. So Jacob called the place Penal, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Now watch, the Bible declares this, that no man sees God face to face and lives. So how is it that Jacob gets to see God face to face and remains alive? Somebody go, hmm. Good question. Jacob, at that very moment, God reads his eulogy. Jacob dies at that moment. Death comes unto Jacob. And he resurrects as Israel. So Jacob actually died when he saw God face to face. But he's able to make this declaration because he's resurrected as Israel. So now he can declare, declare to everybody, I seen God face to face and he spared me. He spared Israel, but Jacob died. Some of you today, God is requiring death of you today. And in order for you to keep walking in the things of God, the old you have to die so the new you can resurrect. And the only way for that to happen is at the foot of the cross of Jesus. Then the sun arose above him. And as he passed, but now he was limping because of his hip. Oh, God. The limp is also a sign of God's long suffering. But when God gives you a new name. In the blessing, not only does he give you a new name, but he also gives you family protection. Jacob's family is going across the river of Jabbok before his brother Esau, who has declared that he's going to kill Jacob. But watch in this new name comes family protection. Jacob's whole family is spared. Oh, God, y'all better catch this this morning. His whole family is spared. Why? Because of a new name. Because of a limp. Some of you today, God is waiting to spare your family. But you won't accept the limp. You don't want the pain of the limp. God, can we get this some other kind of way? Do I have to go through this? Do I have to continue struggling like this? God, can't you just bless me without me having to put my hands to anything? God, can you do it without me having to do nothing? Oh, I know, God, you hear my prayers, but God, can you manifest my prayers too? Do I have to get up and pray all the time, God? Don't you hear the prayers of the righteous before they even pray? Do I still have to fast? Do I still have to give and serve and sacrifice to get your blessings, God? Or I got to do all that, God, just to get what you got? Just limping. With the blessing comes a limp. And a limp is a reminder of God's long suffering in your life, how he suffered long with you. Fighting with you 20 years, God said, I got to give you a reminder so you'll know that the only way you can get what I got for you didn't come from you, it came from me. I got to show you that in your own strength, you're not able. So I got to give you a limp so you can now lean on me. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. 
I, I got to give you a limp now so that I can be your crutch, that I can be your way maker, so that now I can be the one that carry you when you don't carry yourself. You've been too egotistical. You've been too prideful. You thought you were your own man's man, that you were the maker of all things. But I had to give you a limp to show you that you got to lean on me now. Lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your. You better sing it. Oh. Yeah. When you need a hand, you all need somebody. Come on, just lean on your neighbor for a second. Just lean on your neighbor. Say, I'm sorry, I'm leaning on the wrong one. I should have been leaning on God. God. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been leaning on you. I should have been leaning on God. See, some of y'all are leaning on folk when you should be leaning on God. Uh, so, so he gives him a new name and a blessing. He gives him family protection, but he also gives him reconciliation. Jacob and Esau are now reconciled. God is waiting for you to receive your limp so he can reconcile you with some torn, broken relationships. All of this came from a limp. All came from a limp. And if you will learn how to limp and lean on God, God will give you a new name. God will give you in that same thing, give you family protection. And he'll give you reconciliation. See, it's what this cleaving causes. When you learn to cleave and hold to God, to play softly. And I want to say this. I had this conversation with Pastor Watts and God began to speak this into my spirit. He said, before the leaving, there has to be a cleaving. He fought and wrestled all night long. Before he got the blessing, before the angel of God, which was God he wrestled with, left, Jacob had to first cleave before the leaving. To get the blessing, he had to cleave to him. So often we run out of the presence of God without a cleaving before we leave. So often we come into church and there's no cleaving. But we expect receiving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We come and we feel relief from the worship. But there is no cleaving. To the one we were worshiping. But we still want him to bless us. And we still want to receive. So often we leave the house of God. The ministry God has assigned us to. Without first cleaving before we leave. And we run out and say well I'm gone. My season up. But there was no cleaving before the leaving. God always expects you to leave. That's, there's a leaving. But you got to first make sure you cleave before you leave. Because it's in the cleaving, it's the blessing. That's why the prodigal son had to return. Because he got the inheritance, but he didn't get the blessing. (laughs) That's why he had to come back to his father's house. Because the father didn't bless him, he just gave him what he asked for. That's why he lived a riotous life. 
That's why he lost it all, because he didn't have the blessing to maintain it all. So he had to come back to the source of which he got the, bless, the birthright from. He had to go back to the house. It is the same that Elisha cleaved to Elijah. Even when Elijah tried to offend him and send him away. He said, I ain't going nowhere. Where you go, I'm going to go. I'm going to cleave until you leave. I know you're about to go, but I ain't going nowhere until you do. And by the way, when you do go, can I get a double portion? When, when, when you do get caught up, can I get double what you got? How was he able to get the double portion? He cleaned. He cleaned. It is Ruth and Naomi. You can go. I have no more sons. Go by your way. Oprah said, peace, I'm out. But she said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I'm going to cleave to you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. I'm going to hold on to you. Yes, God. I'm going to wrestle with you until you bless me. I'm not going to let go until I get everything you got. I'm going to hold on tight to you as close as I can because I want everything that I can get from you. I'm not going to leave until I get off. I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go until you bless me. That's what the disciples said. Jesus going to the cross he preached to the multitude 7,000, 5,000 700, 500 12, 3 it was the 12 in the upper room so I ain't going nowhere until you the 12 in the midst of the 120 said I won't go nowhere until you we're going to cleave before you leave. We're not going to leave this moment until you bless me. I made a mess of my life, but I'm still going to hold on to you because I know you're still going to bless my life. I, I, I've been real messy, God, but I'm going to hold on to you. I, I know I don't deserve this grace. I know I don't deserve this love. I know I don't deserve it, but I'm going to hold on tight to you. Until you bless me. I won't let go. Until you bless me. I walked in whole. But I'm coming out with a limp and a blessing. So when you see me limping, don't judge my limp. <laughs> and please don't judge my blessing based upon my limp. <laughs> Oh, how you get that, God? How you deserve that? I don't, God. Where you get that from, God? I I'm still limping, but I'm still blessed. I I'm still going through it, but I'm still blessed. I'm still struggling. I still got issues. I still got stuff that I'm going through that God is working through. I'm still limping and you're judging my limp saying, how are you going to do all that? Why are you still preaching? Why are you still singing? Why are you still serving? Why are you doing all that? I'm limping.
because I came in whole, but I'm walking out with a limp. Because watch, I got a new name now. And you trying to judge me based upon the old name. But the old name is dead. That social security number don't work no more. I got a limp. But I'm still blessed. I got some Jacobs in the house this morning. And God is looking to change your name this morning. And you're thinking, man, I know I don't deserve this. You don't know, you don't know preacher, what I did last night. You don't know what I did before I came here this morning. You've been wrestling with God. And God today has won you over. He's looking to change your name. Every head bow. I want to talk to the Jacobs this morning. You're here. You've been wrestling with your identity in God. You've been wrestling with God, even your own salvation. Questioning God, am I saved? And will I go to hell? And God, do you love me? And am I a child of God, even though I've done all this mess and been wrestling with God in your identity? This morning, God is looking for you. He sees beyond your mask. He sees beyond your carnal flesh. Man judges the outward, but God judges the heart. Some of you thought you came in here whole and well, but you're just a fragment of who God created you to be. Some of you think you got it all together, but really you don't. This is an honest moment here. With yourself and God. You're like Jacob. You're, you're at the Jabbok River. Place of transitioning. You're at Panau. Place face to face with God. All by yourself. Don't worry about your neighbor at this moment. Your neighbor is wrestling on his own. This is your fight with God. Be honest. When God says, who are you? Who are you? Because he's asking that question to you right now. Who are you? For you're not the one I created. You have become something other than that which I have created. You're not the one that I purpose to be in life. Who are you? Take the mask off. So I can see who you really are. And if you would be honest and give your true identity to God God says in that moment is a blessing you're here this morning God is in a name changing business today because the name he changes you into is a name that's now assigned to his legacy his inheritance to his family so when he changes your name he gives you a new name but he grabs your name into his family tree. So if you're here this morning in the pardon of your sins, there are those of you, Jacob, here tonight that have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm talking to you. 
Then there are those of you who are like Jacob in the middle between Jacob and Esau. You're backslidden. <laughs> between Jacob and Israel, you're in between the two. You don't know who you really are. You're giving your life to Christ, but you're backslidden. You're going back into the old you. Because if you study the life of Jacob, as Jacob lived his life, if you would read the life of Jacob, you would see at times the Bible would call Jacob Israel. But when Jacob was going through, it calls him Jacob. So even through the life of Jacob, after name change, he vacillated between Israel and Jacob. Some of you today, you're in the place of unbalance. Imbalance. Don't know who you are at this moment. Backslidden. Seesawing between two worlds. God is calling you out today. If you're here this morning and that's one of two of you or either, either of those two things. Hadn't accepted Christ in the pardon of your sins and maybe you're backslidden. And God is calling you home. Don't delay. Don't wait. Right now. Shoot your hand in the air. I see you. There's others today. God is calling you for a name change. Any others? Shoot your hand. I see you, ma'am. I see you. Any others today? Hands in the air. God is calling you out. I see you. Any others? Any others today? People getting real with themselves. Any others? Saints are praying right now. Any others today? God is calling you. He's 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 calling you. Any others? He's calling you today. Any others? In Jesus' name. All standing to your feet. All standing if you're able. Strengthening your body. All standing with, if you have strength in your legs to stand. For those of you who lifted your hands out, greeters are going through with the card. Keep your hand lifted until you get that card. If you don't receive it, just wave at one of them. They're going to place that card in your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you did not receive that card, keep your hand lifted until you do. If your hand was lifted... Now along with our new family of faith, can we all lift our hands in the air? Everyone hand lifted. And we make this declaration as a family. Will we all say this, most gracious and heavenly Father? We thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you, O oh God, for your forgiveness. For all of our sins. And today, we receive Jesus, shout again, Jesus, as Lord of our lives. Today, I'm forgiven, and my sins are washed away. In Jesus' mighty name, say amen. Come on, clap your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. I make one last appeal. If you're here today, you don't have a church home. And you felt the Spirit of the Lord calling you and drawing you to connect with Elevate Church on today. If that's you and you're here today, 
Go ahead, shoot your hand in there one more time. Don't have a church home. If that's you today and God is calling you to be a part of Elevate Church today, wave at me real big today. Waving, waving, waving. Amen, amen. Do the work of evangelists. Talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you have a church home? If they say no, say you do now and lift their hand for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, come on, clap your hands one last time. To God be the glory. Amen. As we close out in prayer for all of our first time, second time, or reoccurring guests, if you're here today, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you in the foyer on today. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the time and the work. We thank you for the worship. We thank you, Lord God, for the lives and the souls that have been transformed, the lives that have been changed by your unmutable word of God. We thank you, Father, that today that the word has rested upon their hearts and their lives have been forever changed by it. And, Father, to which we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Bless these, your people, God, as they depart from this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.